Good morning. Today is Wednesday, June 13th, the feast of St. Anthony of Padua. This is Red Sea Roundup, and I am your host, Gene Wilhelm, and I have in the studio with me today Thaddeus Romanski. Good morning, Gene. And Trey Ramirez, who will be our guest in a, uh, in a few minutes. Good morning. And uh, it's uh, St. Anthony of Padua. I was going to say a little bit about that. Uh, they're really having a big celebration over at the parish of St. Anthony of Padua here in Bryan this today. Are they not, Thaddeus? Yes, they are. Going to be later tonight. And Th- it's, things are kicking off at 6 o'clock with a mass and procession. And uh, this is going to be an extra special uh, feast of St. Th- Anthony because this is the first year they will have had the relic of St. Anthony in the parish. It'll have been there for a whole year. Yes, that's right. Oh, what's the they, last had a, they had a procession last year, mass and procession, after the uh, installation of the, yes. of the relic. Yes. And if there's any St. Anthony's parishioners out there who want to call in and oh yes, tell us about what's coming up tonight at, at St. Anthony's, give us a little inside perspective, they and can call in at... 85-LOVE-RED-C. That's 855-683-7332. But it's not just restricted to St. Anthony's parishioners. Oh, no. Anyone can call it, in It's and sort of like... I chip was, in their two cents. I was I was raised in St. Patrick's Parish, uh, and on St. Patrick's Day, even those people that spoke primarily German were Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I heard something today that I'd forgotten, that... St. Anthony actually was from Lisbon, Portugal, and that he came to Italy and uh, joined the Franciscans there. So that that's something I totally forgot, that he, you don't have to be Italian to uh, like St. Anthony. <laughs> uh, it's, it's interesting, uh, when I did the readings this morning, uh, where I got the readings, it, the readings, and I was lector this morning at Mass, but... Uh, the mass readings I did as a lector were different from what was in my book, and I, I'm, I'm almost disappointed that we didn't get to do the the readings for uh, this Wednesday in an ordinary time because it had to do with one of my f- very favorite incidents in the Bible, which is Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, he uh, challenged Ahab to bring all the prophets of all the gods together on Mount Carmel, which, uh, as I understand it, is just a few, with almost within walking distance of the Mediterranean. And uh, he challenged all these other prophets to uh, a, du- uh, a contest and uh, where they each got a bull and they put it on an altar and each of them called upon their own gods or God to uh, call down fire to, to consume the thing. And, of course, the prophets of Baal uh, were unsuccessful after three or four hours of trying and uh, so just to make the fight fair, Elijah called for his servant to go down and bring up, I think in, in, in all it was probably six or seven uh, buckets of ga- tubs of water to put on the sacrifice and on the stones and on the wood enough to where uh, he had dug a trench around the altar uh, and it, even the trench was full of water. And then he called on God uh, the Lord God, and God brought the fire down, consumed the sacrifice, consumed the stones, evaporated the water and everything else. And then he went off to kill the 450 prophets of Baal. So it was ama- it's, it's an amazing story, and that's in 1 Kings chapter 17. 
And uh, even more amazing is what happened afterward that Queen Jezebel threatened to kill him, and he hightailed it and ended up at Mount Horeb, which is so chapter 17 through uh, 19 of 1 Kings are, are quite interesting. Thank you, Gene, for that little biblical uh, well, tour. Yeah. What's going on uh, here at Red Sea Radio, Gladius? Well, you know, we've been dealing with some uh, climatic issues here at uh, St. Mary's because the air conditioning in St. Mary's just up and went out at the beginning of the week, and that was an unforeseen expense and um, challenge that they're going to have to, they're addressing. And yes. It's just one more one more hurdle that they have to overcome as they get ready to, to break ground on the new um, addition here later this summer. So right now they have a rental uh, unit, cooling unit, keeping the student center cool until, and the church and the church until uh, until the new unit is in, the new systems are installed that are going to go go in with the with the new construction. So thank goodness for rental cooling units. Yes, didn't know there was such a thing. Absolutely, yep. and uh, we are comfortable here. Today, but the last two days was quite well, I know, warm. And, and even uh, we attended 8 o'clock Mass here Sunday, and it was already uncomfortable then because the air conditioning was out. Yeah, the, the, I think it went out on Saturday. S- no, sometimes Yeah, Saturday. Saturday, because there and were two weddings, and it was out for both of those. For mm-hmm. It was out for the first wedding, and then it was partially. They got, it, got it back on partially for the second one, but it still wasn't really cool. Mm-hmm. So what else is going on at Red Sea Radio? Well, and we are also uh, in the midst of, we've got some great news to announce that we got some picked up some more um, underwriters here locally. Uh, we want to thank our some new silver partners from CHI St. Joseph and from Sterling Automotive. They both joined us as underwriters, um, and we're very grateful for that because those, those businesses who underwrite our our um, what we do here is uh, key to helping us pay down our debt on the tower in Waco and our money that we try to set aside for expansion. So we've got we've got some new help from folks on that end. However, uh, we also are still in need of uh, chipping away at that monthly operating deficit that we're experiencing, and that's where we're looking for um, everyday listeners to, you know, chip in $5 a month, $10 a month, whatever they're, whatever they're able to, to help uh, get an aggregate together uh, to knock out that, that monthly deficit that we have that we're running at about 2,900. So it's down just a little bit from a month ago. Yeah, we're down under three grand. Okay. Now, uh, I would offer a challenge to all of the listeners, and in particular to the listeners in the Waco area, uh, to become to find businesses or use your business to be an underwriter. I mean, we've got you've got two or three new ones in the Bryan College Station area, and we do have some superb underwriters up in the Waco area. We've got uh, about four or five businesses that underwrite us from the Waco area. But yes, indeed, we're always welcoming uh, new business partners in the central texas area as well definitely gene yeah so if you're if you're listening to red sea radio 
and uh, in Waco or he, here in Bryan College Station or even in Palestine. Mm-hmm. We invite you to, to uh, help support us financially so that we can get the message of God out to the people in the areas that right. we serve. If you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't like what you're hearing, we still invite you to uh, help support the spreading of God's Word. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, so a- that again, I just want to make make it uh, make it clear that we don't need huge contributions monthly. Um, if you have any small amount of money set aside uh, that you can you can give to us on a monthly basis, uh, a lot of people doing that will get this job done. So we please we ask you to uh, to please do that. Thank you. Yes. And other than that, how, how are things going here? Are we going well? Well, my voice is a little bit uh, croaky. I've... Well, then I'll, then I'll make you talk a lot today. Okay, okay thanks, Gene. I really appreciate that. I'll do whatever I can. That is very charitable of you. I'll do whatever I can to help. <laughs> uh, a couple of things are coming up, is, uh, and I want to mention this. For those of you in the Bryan College Station area, uh, Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas, has their annual garage sale. Yes, they do. This uh, Saturday, no- 8 to noon. I eight think it's 7. 7 to noon. Uh, those of you in this area, if you've never been, it is an experience. Uh, the Both the uh, PAC, the Parish Activity Center, and Zurich Hall are going to be loaded with all sorts of goodies for you and all, you, you name it, it's probably there as well as the breezeway between the two buildings is just going to be chock full of items for sale. And it, it, it is there to uh, support the ministries of St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, so if, if, you, you know, if you need something and w- don't know where else to look for it and you don't want to drive to 14 different locations for garage sales in the various neighborhoods, I'd suggest you go to St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, and according to my notes, they are in the, uh, the sorting stage now. The, the yep. donations are, are finished, and now they're sorting through everything, deciding what is going to be part of the famous pre-sale. Yes, yes Saturday, the, Saturday morning pre-sale. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about what the, uh, what the pre-sale is, just from a, from a spectator side, Trey? Well, I, I think it just, um, it, it's, it's kind of those um, shoppers that have the ability to be the first ones on, in line, and mm-hmm. I'd have to be uh, rushing through all the people and, and finding those special items because there's a lot of good items and, that and you'll the price, find. I believe the price is doubled too in the pre-sale, but even there the prices are oh, just yes, it's still very extremely reasonable. Yes, absolutely. And you pay a five dollar entry fee to get that special access, and then the that's prices correct. are doubled to so you can give more to the to the parish. Yes, and and uh, if I remember correctly, after the sale is over. Everything is boxed up, and it, 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 none of it goes to waste. It all goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, they don't save it for the next year. It all goes somewhere. Yeah. So my notes here say that the pre-sale is Friday, this Friday from 5 to 7 p.m., and then the sale proper is Saturday from 7 to 12, 7 a.m. to 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to get up early. That early bird gets that worm. That's right. Uh, the, but there aren't very many worms there. There's a lot of good stuff. There aren't worms. Not much, not much eaten through with worms no. there. There's another item, uh, thing that's coming up, and we, ha- I had the uh, people from Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men here last month. Yes, the men's uh, mass in. Don't 
get me to lie. There's a men's mass that's on the 21st, and it's in the Austin area, and I cannot. It's St. Elizabeth Seton Parish in Pflugerville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bishop Joe says that mass every year, and the it's in Pflugerville instead of the the uh, cathedral this year because they outgrew the cathedral last year. That's a good. That's a good problem. That's to a have. good problem to have. So that's another thing uh, that you might want to think about. Uh, again, that's on the twenty first. I believe it's at nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, at uh, at yes, at Saint uh, Elizabeth of, of Hungary in Pflugerville. And Trey just reminded me something about Axe Retreat that's coming up here in the. And that Bible. mass is ten a.m. Ten a.m. Ten a.m. According okay, to my notes. Okay. Yeah, and the the Axe Retreat's coming up at uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas, uh, July. 12th through the 15th. And that's a men's retreat. Yes, that's a men's retreat. So it's a, a lot of fun-filled weekend with, with men that are searching for Christ. And I really encourage to um, get on the St. Thomas Aquinas website and, and look for the... Uh, and there's still some openings in that. And yes, it, yes. And you don't have to be a member of St. Thomas Aquinas to, to be on the Axe no, retreat, do you? No, 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 you don't. Uh, I, I, Trey and I have both been on Axe, and... Uh, it's a I beautiful journey. And so uh, we, we can recommend it. Yes, yes. So I encourage you to go to the St. Thomas Aquinas website and, and be, able, be able to find more information on, on the X retreat coming up. Okay. And with that, uh, Thaddeus, are you about ready to go oh, to you, break? You're gonna, you want to go to break early? Give yourself a little more time to yes. speak with Trey? Is I'll, that what you, you're thinking? You know how talkative I get after the break. You do get a little bit, uh, you're pretty loquacious. Ooh, big word. See you on the other side, folks. Listening to Red Sea Rant Roundup. Uh, I am your host, Gene Wilhelm, and welcome back. Uh, during this time, I'm going to have with me Trey Ramirez, and we're going to talk about Padre Pio and uh, all things Padre Pio. It, and although Trey lives in this area, it, it is a subject that he's passionate about, and one that I think our listeners in the Waco area and in the Palestine area will benefit from. Uh, because if you don't know anything about Padre Pio, it's time you learn because he is no, he was a remarkable man and he continues to work in a lot of people's lives. If you want to talk to us or make a comment, maybe it's an experience that you have uh, with Padre Pio, please call us at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. 855-683-7332. Trey, welcome. I mean, it's always good to be with you. Pleasure to be here. We were talking about Axe beforehand, and uh, that's where we met. We we met when I made my Axe retreat here in, in, well, I think at that time it was somewhere down in the Houston area where we went. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, we, we bounced around some different retreat houses, but yeah, we, we sure made our acquaintances there. So And uh, you talked about Padre Pio at that time as well, as I recall. That's correct. That's and uh, we forgot to tell people how to find out information on the X retreat. We said go to the uh, St. Thomas Aquinas website, and that website is S T A 
bcs.org, and I believe it's slash ACTS, A-C-T-S, and you should get the information. Uh, even if you can't find it there, uh, you, you can get if you get the website, you can find out what's going on, or you can get the phone number, call the, the uh, office, and they can give you information. Absolutely. Well, uh, I I had uh, already read a little bit about Padre Pio when I first met you, and uh, you, the story of how you got interested in Padre Pio is a little very interesting. Would you give us a little background of how that happened? And and I know you've told that before to our listeners. You and Marla were here about a year ago. And then Marla was here a couple months ago and talked about something else, and Padre Pio came up. But tell us again, just to remind our listeners, uh, of how you became acquainted with Padre Pio and what was going on in your life at that time. Sure. So uh, Marla and I were um, had relocated to Kansas. We were in Garden City, Kansas, uh, and it was right after 9-11. Peter was born on September 14th. Uh, I remember President Bush made it a National Day of Prayer, and we were so elated to have Peter in our lives. And and shortly after that, we, we noticed that he was delayed. We, we noticed that he wasn't developing as, as, as Sam was, his oldest brother. And uh, so we started asking a lot of questions to our pediatrician, you know, what might be wrong? And we started asking, well, it, could it be cerebral palsy or Downs or just any other illnesses or diseases that, that we were trying to understand his, you know, why was he, he delayed? But he was, he was delayed in the sense that he couldn't move uh, as a typical three, mm-hmm. four-month-old baby would. So, you know, we, we just kept asking a lot of questions. Um, during Christmas that, uh, that uh, in 2000, you know, 2002, um, he got sick on us. And, and um, luckily, he, he, we were able to, you know, uh, fight the illness, the upper respiratory problem that he had. And, and I remember my mom saying, you know, this is, this is not right. So we went back after our holidays, and, and we started again quizzing the doctor and, and trying to really find what, what might be wrong with him. And um, uh, it, it was it was shortly after that uh, that the um, our pediatrician decided, well, maybe we do some we need to do some physical therapy to to help him. You know, no no two kids are alike. So that went on, and you know, again, things didn't improve. And um, so then we started researching on the internet, and uh, one thing led to another. Um, we we then got sent to a neurologist in Denver, Colorado, and uh, when the doctor saw him, um, he automatically said, you know, he has Wharton-Hoffman disease, and, and we kind of had read about it, and Wharton-Hoffman is a spinal muscular atherpy, and it's a, um, a wasting away of the muzzle, muscle, and, um, and it, it, was, it was very severe, very, um, very hard news for us to take, and we, we kind of understood the illnesses because we had researched on it before we got to the appointment, but it wasn't until till the, uh, the doctors asked us to go back to kind of understand the, the real pregn- prognosis of, of Peter's disease, that we realized that, that um, this disease was, um, was a wasting of the muscles. You know, the kids can't develop. They can't sit on themselves. They, can, they have to be as- assisted to, to eat, breathe, et cetera. So, uh, and they, they kind of said, you know, that this illness is considered the number one genetic killer in the kids under the age of two because there are several uh, muscular di- or several forms of SMA. And, of course, Peter had SMA1, which is the most severe uh, so um, they prepared us as best that they could that that um, that Peter probably would not live past the age of two. So that was very hard for Marla and I to take. It was it was it was devastating. You know that's the hardest news that any parent can receive. So so the process started. We were still in Garden City, Kansas. Um, this was already uh, 2003 um, that uh, we had started 
you know, trying to understand how best we could care for Peter. So if, if truly he would pass at the age of two, you know, we needed to have a quality of life. And, and that was the thing just kept coming back and back and back, back in our mind. You know, he's going to pass at the age of two. So, so that, in essence, kind of started, that was, to me, the, where our faith was really shaken. It must have been very, very difficult time for you and for Marla and for your the, parents and her parents. Yes, the entire family. And, and, I, and I'll say that through that process, you know, miracles started happening. You know, we, we started praying together as a family. Um, we would go down, of course, in Kansas, you have to have basements because of uh, oh, yeah. tornadoes, right? So we would go down to the basement and we would pray rosary after rosary. And it was, it was such, such a beautiful, comforting thing that we did as a family. And the miracles started, the, the small nuggets that was restoring our faith started happening right in front of us, but we kind of didn't realize what was going on. It, it must have been a crisis of faith for you and Marla at yes. that time, too. Does God really love us? Does God yeah, really love our son? Absolutely. And, and that was the thing that, that, at least personally for me, it was, it was maybe it was because of my sinfulness in the early ages of my career of, of growing up that, that, that maybe led to, to Peter's disease. And it was very hard. It was very... It was something that really weighed. So, so the enemy was trying to lay a lot of blame on you. Yes, a lot of blames for he, it was it was questioning my reconciliation, my confessions that I had made in the past. Mm-hmm. Were they really true? And 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 it was a hard hard journey to go. And and but it it was. You look back, and it was it was a beautiful journey, but it was a hard journey. Well, I you look at the uh, journey of the Israelites through the desert. It's not something they wanted to go through. And it was very difficult, but when they got to the other side, it was worth the, tr- the trip. Yes. So, so shortly after that, we, we decided, Marla and I spoke, and we said, we need to get Peter to a better medical facility, and not to say that Garden City didn't have— Well, Garden City is small. Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a small community, very loving community. So we felt that we'd either come to Houston. Um, that meant that I'd have to leave my, my, my current job at the time or ask for a transfer to Indianapolis, Indiana— and in Indianapolis, it was Riley's Children's Hospital, a world-known hospital for, for caring of kids with special needs. For a, a boy and girl that grew up in South Texas, Indianapolis yes. was a big—well, Garden City was a big enough challenge, but Indianapolis must have been a real challenge. Yes, it was a, it was a real challenge, but um, uh, I think uh, we, we got our, ans- our prayers were answered, and, and we got transferred to Indianapolis, Indiana. So um, 2003. I, I reported to Indianapolis, Indiana. Marla stayed in Kansas. Uh, she stayed with Peter and Sam. And uh, so she was doing her role as a mom and a dad while I was gone and, and working. So her, her job was very tough. Yes, I'm sure it was. And, um, and I was in Indianapolis, Indiana. Here I am, a, an agriculturist, trying to learn about visual basics and access databases, which I had no idea what it was. So it was, it was hard. It was life apart from the family was hard. And also the job was not very accommodating. So it was a lot of challenges. And in, 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 in those times, you know, there was the, the war going on after 9-11. You know, everybody was mm-hmm. trying to figure out who had caused the, the terror attacks in, on the, the United States. So there was a lot of just a lot of ill. There was no happy news. There was nothing yeah. that, that was... So you'd already transferred, and, and Marla was staying back in Garden City mm-hmm. till yes. the house could sell or... Well, so, so we were building a home in, in Indianapolis, Indiana, because we, we knew that we were going to have to build okay. a home that was ADA accommodating to make sure that Peter could, you yeah. know, 
Because he, Peter's been in an electric wheelchair since he was old enough to control one, right? Th that's correct. And that's another diff a funny story, but, but uh, yes, absolutely. So, so we go. I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana, and, and I'm lost. I'm, I, I can recall that I would go to church in that time. I, it re it's really foggy. The whole, whole time that I was there by myself was a very foggy uh, time. So I remember needing something. I needed, I needed an uplift. I needed something to really uh, walk with me, and, and I didn't know what to do. So I said, you know what, I'm going to the bookstore and, and ended up, uh, I think it was Barnes & Noble. I, I really don't know where, uh, what bookstore it was. But um, <clears throat> I walk in and I tell the lady, hey, can you tell me where the Christian section is? And she kind of pointed, so I walked there. And, and I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm looking for. I just knew that I, I needed something. So I literally just started putting books, pulling books out of the bookshelf and just not reading the title, just looking at the cover of the book. And I was there for about 15 minutes and... and Nothing, nothing. And I even questioned whether I was at the Christian section or not. So then I turned around and went to another shelf, and, and immediately I pulled this book out. And, and, um, uh, and I pulled the book out, and I'll tell you the title in a minute, but, and I saw this old man uh, with white beard. And at that time, when I saw this book, I went somewhere else. It, what does that mean, Trey? Well... The whole heaviness of heart, all the trouble, everything that I had disappeared. Really? I that, was like in a... So it was a miracle just picking the book up. Yeah, and, and I really didn't know what I had. I, 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 just, I was just mesmerized by the picture. It was just a sense of awe, a sense of not being anywhere, just like, it, it, you know, I don't know if heaven's the way it, it felt like heaven. I don't even know. I don't know what heaven feels like, but it was a, it was a place that I was weightless. I was... I was, I was alive, I was aware, but nothing mattered. It was just a sense of peace, sense of happiness. So I was like, wow, this is the book that I need. So um, I, I think that lasted for about and maybe 10, 15 minutes. And that was just by looking at the cover? Just by looking you at the cover. You hadn't even opened the book? Nothing. I, had not I have not even read the title of the book. So, and I joke about that, that the, the cashier... You know, she could probably could have called nine on one that afternoon because I walked out with a book. I mean, I didn't. I was it's such a foggy state of mind that I didn't realize I had to pay for the book. Right? Come on. Oh, okay. So the lady said, "Hey, you got to pay for the book," and I kind of snapped out of it and I paid for it. And it was it was it was probably eight or nine o'clock in the evening, so it was dark. Um, it was a you know a lighted parking lot, but not well lit. And I remember going to the car and I sat in the car, and the car had this beam of light that I didn't need the lights of the car, but the actual the lighting of, uh, of the parking lot was enough light to see. It was, but it was such an amazing brightness. And I stayed in the car for another 10, 15 minutes just looking at the picture. And then I said, well, what's the name of the book, right? What, 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 why do I have in my hand? And I looked, and it was Padre Pio, Man of Hope. And that's what I was searching for. I was searching for something that was going to give me hope. And just an inclination of that there was something there, that there was something that, that could lead me to some type of salvation, lead me to some type of, of glory, that, that all that has happened or is happening, it, it's for a cause. And there are times when we really need that, aren't yes. there? Yes, yes, and when you least expect it. I mean, who would have thought that I was going to go to the bookstore? And I had, I had read about Padre Pio or had heard about priest and stigmata and... And, but I, I had no recollection, no, no understanding of it. 
um, you know, I was, I was cradle Catholic and I kind of understood saints and so on, but, but th- this was beyond my comprehending what happened. It was, it was a truly a miracle. And, and Peter, Padre Pio went on to say later, once I take on a soul, I also take on the entire family as my spiritual children. So that night, I became the spiritual child of Padre Pio. He, he took me and has led me to an amazing journey. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? Yeah, and then, then I started reading the book. And, and you've read some books about Padre Pio and, and the nuggets that they're out there. Oh, it's yes. Just, it's just unbelievable what he went through as a... As a Even as a child. As a, yes, as, as a child. He was, I know one of the books talks about his dad um, getting mad at him because he would wake him up in the middle of the night and, and Padre Pio was wrestling with the, with the devil. Mm-hmm. And and later in his when he got older he realized how he can control his emotions and and noises and stuff and and he kind of dealt with it on a, on a if daily I rem- basis. If I remember correctly too, his father uh, went to America to earn enough money to support the family, uh, and so his father was absent a lot. Yes, and yes. Padre that was even as a child it wasn't even then. I remember the story about when Padre Pio was in the uh, I guess they call it the monastery, and there was a visitor down in the refectory. And he heard all this noise going on upstairs, and he asked somebody, what's going on up there? And he said, well, it's just Padre Pio wrestling with the devil. <laughs> and, yeah. and that was a, a, something on a, that happened on a fairly regular basis. Yes. But I, I interrupted your story. Go on with no, your story. No, no, no. And, but, but, but true, I mean, Padre Pio was a uh, – uh, there were three kids in the family. It was two boys and three girls. And um, um, they had a very, um, very devoted family. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Padre Pio was born on May 25th, 1887. And um, he was um, uh, baptized and given the next day, uh, Francesco was his first name. And at the age of 12, he uh, com- uh, completed his sacrament of confirmation and made his first, first Holy Communion. And uh, at the age of 16, he entered the novite of the Capuchin priest and, uh, at Marcon. And uh, on the 20th— And, and, and their captions are Franciscans. Mm-hmm, that's correct. Yeah. And, and the, the, they're the ones that invented cappuccino too, by the yes, way, yes. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, and on the on the twenty second, he took um, the Francis- Franciscan habit, and he was given the name uh, Padre Pio. And Pio, basically, if, if the, the translation we would have of Pio would be pious, right? Pious, absolutely. So so that you know that's kind of just where he started from, mm-hmm. uh, a simple. Um, young kid, just like a lot of our kids, we have, we know, like my 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 boys, you know, just simple. But he he was never very strong health wise, was he? No, he 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 battled all the illnesses even from early on and till till death. Let's get back to Padre Pio in a minute. Tell me about what happened when you started reading the book, and you were traveling home from. Yeah, so so um, I, I started reading the book, and 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 I do remember, you know, being my mind just wrapped on the man of hope, and mm-hmm. and because. You know, when you're in that state of state of dissolution or, or state of, of of inability to comprehend what's going around, and and, and it happens a lot uh, with our youth today and, and older men. You know, as, as we well, thank you very much for pointing that out to me. Well, Trey. I, I wasn't looking at you. We might <laughs> see that, <Jen. laughs> but but you know, we we struggle with our faith. You know, and a lot of times, you know, we have these these issues or these things that are are part of our faith journey. And sometimes we don't quite understand, you know, some, something like what happened to me. And, and you, you lose hope, and, and when you don't have hope, you don't have faith, and, and it all just goes downhill. So, so in, in reading a book, 
I was just mesmerized by just what he did, the process, you know, just just his his holiness, his his ability to pray and his ability to mm-hmm. to really uh, allow God to do His will with him, and and it was just a lot of sense of of security and also all the miracles he performed. I mean, just daily, and and that gave me a lot of hope that that there is a miracle that there is there is hope for all of us there was there was hope for me there was hope for marla sam peter for all of us that did you were you able to uh finish reading the book before you went back to garden city so um no um i was traveling i was traveling with with job as well with a job as well but so i, I started reading the book and and i told marla man this is the, there's a book that you really have to read and you know i kind of mentioned it to her but of course she had her hands full with Mm-hmm. Sam that was very active and, and Peter needed some some special care. So so um um was reading the book and, and it it's kinda interesting what happened. So at the time my in laws uh were helping a lot with, you know, juggling yeah. and helping Marla. They decided to go on a pilgrimage to San Giovanni Rotondo. Which um, is where Padre Pio spent yes. most of his life. Right. So we both we were both on a journey. They were going on a pilgrimage and and, and we were trying to relocate. And we both my in laws and I will say that we both found Padre Pio almost about the same time, but a completely different um, way. But so I keep telling Marla, hey, we, we, we got, you got to read this book. And, and she couldn't really re- have the time to read. So I tra- I'm traveling back to Kansas uh, to try to finish the last packing of our goods before we leave back to Indianapolis. And, um, and I was still just was seeing the light, was seeing that there was there was a saving grace at the end, but but I was still the enemy, that devil was still attacking me that of that he would pass at age two. And that just kept just kept just coming back and it was something that wouldn't leave me and it was just it would just deteriorate all my uh my mind, my my my, my thoughts. So I, we were flying back to, um, to Indian or to Garden City, Kansas and I just came uh, a lot of fear, emotions came over mm-hmm. that 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 flight. And I just started crying, and I, and I was crying so hard that I felt that I felt embarrassed that I was crying so hard. But nobody, n- n- none of the other uh, passengers or, or around me that noticed that was going on, and and I just kept crying and and with a lot of fear. And then all of a sudden, there was this strong fragrance that overtook me, and it, it was so strong that that it really took all my thoughts away. That and it and it encouraged it brought the curiosity of me that I needed to find what that fragrance was. It was just so strong that you really need to understand what's going on. And 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 in that in that moment, there was such a s- sense of sincerity, um, peacefulness. I- everything just disappeared. All my worries, everything that was really weighing me down, was 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 gone. And and nobody around me. S- was smelling what I was smelling because they were just continuing to do what they were doing. But to me, the smell was so strong that if they would have smelled it, they would also would try to realize what was going on. And it was such a sweet smell. I can't, there weren't roses. I don't know if there were violets. I don't know what, but it was just a, such a swill fragrance. And, 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 and I was just astonished by that. So um, went on with the trip got home, and, and I showed him all of the book. Mm-hmm. And that was it about the fragrance. I, 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 I but didn't on, understand. But the fragrance, you would learn later that yes. that fragrance is something that accompanies Padre Pio yes. when he visits someone. Yes. So you had a visit from Fa- Padre Pio on the plane. Yes, I did. 
I did, but I didn't truly understand what went on till probably a few days after afterwards that that I read that in the book, and I, and I was just I just I just went down to tears again that that I I truly believe that he was there for me and that he was going to to take me by his wing and take me by his hand and help me through my journey. Did you realize at that time that one of the reasons he was there is that you asked him to take you on his as one of his sons? Well, I yes, absolutely. I you know in 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 reading in, in when I started reading that there was truly a connection that that he was going to be my my saint. Mm-hmm. That was going to lead me to do salvation, and it was going to give me hope. That was going to restore my soul, and, and 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 bring closing to what I was struggling with, you know, as 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 a young man, as a young Catholic man. So so then so so we I get back to Garden City, and and of course I I tell Marla, look, I, I need you need to read this book, and and at the time my in laws had already been there, so my my. My in-laws had been at San Giovanni Rotondo, and they picked up a a relic of Padre Pio, and they discovered Padre Pio. Well, I'll say that they discovered him there, but they might have known mm-hmm. about him, um, and 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 so they come home with a relic, and I come home with a book, and and it was all about Padre Pio, and 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 just that's not a coincidence. That's just truly a miracle how we were both enriched by his life. And, and what he has, what he did for us then, and what he continues to do for us, and it, it's just a beautiful treasure to have mm-hmm. the, the relic and and how we were both introduced. Uh, so, to did uh, so? What was going on? You continued to read the book. Did you have uh, any other experiences uh, at that time of eventually being aware that you, that Padre Pio was in your presence? Just, just reading, reading the book, and and understanding um, what what he did, and then just going to the internet and re- and researching more about Padre Pio, and other stories about other other men and, and women that had similar experiences. Uh, at that point, I just felt extremely blessed. Mm-hmm. That, I can understand that. That that he he chose me because it's truly. You know, he, he he chose me to be his spiritual child, and and for that it's it's just a blessing, and and he and he he's all over our house. He you know we have statues, pictures, uh, we have everything. Everywhere you go, there's Father Pio's looking at you because we have it scattered all over the house, and has become the saint for confirmation saint for both uh, Sam and Peter. Um, so he's been an instrumental to our lives and 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 to other people because we've taken this book. Uh, Father Pio might have hope, and we've given it. We've evangelized others with that book. Uh, we've given it to numerous of friends that are struggling with cancer or some kind of illness, and and we've seen miraculous uh, things happen when when they read the book and and understand Padre Pio and and ask for for forgiveness for his healing. And it's just amazing what what he continues to do, not only for me but for for other people that mm-hmm. that that. that study and, and understand Padre Pio. Those of you who have just joined us, uh, I have as my guest today Trey Ramirez, and we are discussing Padre Pio uh, and how Padre Pio has come into his life and the life of his family, and, and, made s- and as a result, there are some significant changes. Even 
Peter's health changed some through all of this, did it not? No, I mean, you you and you were in, you had moved to Indianapolis where the Children's Hospital was, so he could get treatments on a regular basis. So, what are some of the other things that happened at that time, Trey? Well, it, it was just the the the, the healing that, that went on, the, the acceptance of, mm-hmm. of of Peter's disease and, and, and the healing that that this was not of God. This was just this was an instrument that that he was gonna use as Peter to to be a disciple of him, uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he truly is an amazing young kid. We're, yes we're, he is. We're extremely blessed to have two two very uh, caring kids, Sam and Peter. Uh, so um, but yeah I mean he's He's a, he's a light for a lot of other people. Yeah. He, he really um, motivates me, uh, motivates a lot of, you know, when, when I think I have it bad uh, or when I'm complaining, I kind of turn around and... Well, it, th- for those that don't remember when Marla was here, uh, Sam is going to be, is it a junior? Uh, he's going to be a junior at... Peter's a, will be a junior at uh, AMS High School, or Consolidated High School, yeah. and Sam is a freshman at AM. We're completing his first freshman and year. Peter is is just so amazing that he was actually elected president of the junior class for next yes, year, wasn't yes, he? Yes. So, if you those of you that don't know Peter, you need to make and you're maybe from somewhere else. You need to make a trip down here and schedule it so that you can meet Peter. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a, he's on the radio and on TV. always promoting MDA and and asking for help to help us find a cure, which you know we're, we're in the process. Marla spoke about that. Yes, and. What the other amazing thing is then that Peter is is what he's going to be seventeen. Is that right? He'll be seventeen in September. In September, so he's already outlived the doctor's oh, prognosis yes. by fifteen years. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And there's there's um there's um uh, another little story that um when when we asked to be transferred to to Indianapolis, Indiana, um I had a vision that Peter would walk. I didn't understand his illness. But I had a vision that he would walk, and and when he would walk in Indianapolis, Indiana, that meant that our, our that our journey there was over. We needed to move. Um, still praying to Padre Peel and and asking for complete healing because we knew that he would heal. You know, th- there's so many stories of of mm-hmm. people that had some illnesses that they were completely healed in the book, um, The Man of Hope, and and there's multiple books out there. Yes. You, I know you have some in, that you've read. Um, so I'd asked, I had asked Father Peter, are you going to heal Peter? He's going to walk in Indianapolis, Indiana. And, you know, I was, and, and the minute he walks, our journey here, our, our time here in Indianapolis is over. So I remember I was at, I was at the, uh, my cubicle and Marla called, and, and Peter was doing physical therapy, water therapy. And um, so they, they took him to this pool, and they weighed him down, and they had, he had weights, and he was standing in water. Um, and... Uh, he started walking in water because he was, you know, he, he didn't have the gravity pulling him down. And he said, look, Mom, I'm walking. And so Marla calls me, you know, a few minutes later, and she said, hey, you know what? You never know what Peter said. I said, w- w- what happened? He said he was in the pool, and he, and, and he started walking while he was weighted down in water, and he said, Mom, I'm walking. And she tells me this, and I was like, What? And, and she said, yeah, he, he said he was walking. And at that moment, I was overtaken by joy because I realized that God answers prayers. Mm-hmm. Might not answer them in the way we want them answered, but he does answer his prayers. And at that time, I knew, okay, he's walked. I didn't see it. He's going to be fine. 
let's get back. Let's get closer to Texas. Let's get closer to family. Because mm-hmm. we were missing family. I mean, Indianapolis, Indiana was a beautiful place, but it snows a lot there. Oh, yeah. It's cold. Yes. A wheelchair and ice is, is not a good thing. No, that's not a good combination. <laughs> so we, we, we asked for a transfer, and, and we ended up in uh, Arkansas, uh, Monticello, Arkansas. And, and we were there for, for a short period of time, three, four years. But our faith was, was strong. We were, we were such, an, such a better place. Um, it, it was a beautiful journey that we had. It was a beautiful, and we continue to have a beautiful journey with Padre Pio and, and what he's done for us in our lives. Mm-hmm. So, eventually you got here to Bryan College Station, and but your adventures with Peter weren't over because uh, shortly after I met you, Peter had some significant problems where he had to go back to Houston for some surgery and treatment. Yes, yeah, so so Peter uh, Peter's condition is uh, as, as, as uh, spinal muscular atrophy. He had to to have some um, he had real bad scoliosis, so he had to to uh, have some some rods put in his back. So. It was it was it was it was a tough. Um, I think it was two thousand four or five. I forget. Um, but it's been it's been a while. I th- you know it's been maybe ten ten years mm-hmm. that he had. So it, it was a lot of it was a lot of um, a lot of pain for him. I remember seeing him suffer through that. Um, but through our faith, through our family and, and the friends and, and the community that we have here, our Catholic community and in, in Bryan College Station. The, the the prayers and, and everything that came our way and for Peter was it was amazing and and mm-hmm. and that started all that started was through that journey at that bookstore. Now let's talk. Uh, I'd like to spend. We got about eight nine minutes left to go, and I'd like to spend a few mi- of those minutes talking about Padre Pio himself because his life was not easy. I mean, not by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, he had some health issues where uh, the first uh, caption monastery he went to, he just was deathly ill all the time. And eventually, uh, through working of God and some people in his li- some uh, other uh, captions in his life, he ended up at San Giovanni Rotundo. Yes, he, yes, he he. Um, I guess he may, had pneumonia, um, as as some of the books that I've read kind of mm-hmm. allude allude to that, but. But he had he had immense immense uh, struggles with uh, with the, with his uh, health, but you know but but even you know when he was outside of that you know on, on September twentieth nineteen eighteen, as as um, uh, Benedetto one of his spiritual um, advisors at the time uh, shared where Father um, Pierre shared with him where where when he received the stigmata and and, um, and for people. Who don't know what the stigmata is? Because that's a very nice churchy word. What does that mean, Trey? Um, well, as I understand, the stigmata is actually actual visible wounds of of Jesus. You know, he had he had the vis- visible wounds, the the nails and the hands and, and the feet and the side. And and, and and if you see Padre Pio, often you see what, what to me looked like brown work gloves yes. on with the fingers cut yes, out yes. to cover the the, the cover, wounds. Because that was an embarrassment to him. He wanted, and, and he goes on to tell Benedetto that he wanted to to have. The, the the stigmata or, or the wounds he wanted to feel he wanted to carry the pain with him but he didn't want it to be visible he wanted it to be hidden he just wanted mm-hmm. he was a very humble man and, and he, he didn't get that choice did no he? he did not and for 50 years he 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 wore the the wounds of christ and and you know uh, a lot of doctors would would analyze the blood because he would drip a lot of blood and and the blood would never decay it always had a, a very 
uh, sweet fragrance to it. The type of fragrance that you smelled yes, in the plane. Absolutely. I was, I was very blessed to, to, to have that. And that, that, the stigmata also caused him a lot of trouble within the church. Yes. You know, they, they always thought that he was in, you know, self-inflicting these wounds so he would get more attention and he was ridiculed by the church and, and, and others. And, uh, so he, he was, he was a very spiritual man, even through all those desolations. Um, he never, he never lost hope, lost faith in, in, the th- thing that amazed me about Padre Pio through all of this, where he was ba- essentially s- suppressed and told to stay in your room, that he's still obedient to all those who were yeah. superior to him. Yeah, I mean, superiors. I think at, at some point he, he was uh, confined to only uh, uh, do Mass by himself. He, he couldn't have. Uh, yes. So it, that was also very hard because for that him. Because what, what, what would happen to him when he was saying Mass, Trey? Do you remember? Well, he, he would wake up at 3 o'clock to get ready for Mass, um, and mass was like it would take him like two hours to get to get ready, but in 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 that in that moment he would he would just he'd be in his presence with with our Lord yeah, Jesus it's, Christ. Yeah, as I recall the story, and I, I don't know the exact words. It's sort of like at the at the after the instant of consecration, he mm-hmm. just sort of went into ecstasy. Yes, and it might who knew how long it was going to yeah. take hours. Sometimes it was one hour, two hours. It, it was, and but everybody was just mesmerized by that. Nobody mm-hmm. ever complained about hey this mass is too long they no. were just with him at that and, and another thing that i as i understand remember caused problems with the church was that he had, was attracting all of these people who weren't capuchins right right he was attracting a lot of people because everybody wanted to go and and be healed and and go to confession because that was one of the things that he had he had the ability to read hearts mm-hmm. and, so and you were telling me about a, a story about that uh I yes, think this morning yeah so so there was a, a lady that that um, uh, went to confession, but he did, she didn't really know how to what to do. So she told Padre Pio, "Hey, I want to confess, but you got to help me." So Padre Pio just confessed all her the sins for her, but left one out. And and the lady kind of was like, "Okay, he forgot one, so what do I do?" And uh, so they kind of, I guess, did small talk for a few minutes, and then finally she confessed the last one, and she said, hey, "Yeah, I was waiting for you to say that one." Mm-hmm. So he truly believed or could have the ability to read read hearts and and look into your mind and. There, I, there are also stories in one of the books that I read that he would, uh, somebody would come to confession to him. He's, he would tell him, uh, "Go away now. Come back when you're repenting, and I'll give you absolution." Yes, yes. There's, there's some stories uh, about that as well, and and and, and that actually kind of gave me the ability to understand that my confessions have been heartful, and and that mm-hmm. the things that were going on was not because of my sinfulness. It was, it was just a, the things of God. Um, the, the, the other thing is he would hear confessions for like 18 hours a day. Yes, he was always in a confession for, for long periods of time. So mm-hmm. it was amazing, you know, and he was very devoted to that. The other amazing thing to me is uh, about, uh, it was a hospital, but he didn't call it a hospital that he had, that he got the money together to build and all sorts of, that caused all sorts of problems because people thought he was pocketing the money. and Yeah, yeah, the, it was uh, uh, the release for, uh, the, for the suffering. The su- uh, the the house of the relief of suffering yes. or something like that. Yes. I, 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 I can't say it in Italian, and if I did, the people at St. Anthony's would uh, croak. <laughs> yeah, it, yes, he did He did a lot. And, and to, to, to understand that there was nothing there, mm-hmm. and he had just had a vision, um, uh, and he built that, that hospital was, was, was amazing and, and gave San Giovanni Rotondo has never been the same again. No, because it was sort of a... Uh, it, it's San Giovanni Rotondo was where you went when you got to the end of the road, that's mm-hmm. where you ended up. 
Right. Absolutely. And up in the hills. Uh, up in the hills. And uh, the other thing that, that was, um, to me, was, was amazing about Padre Pio is, is the ability to bilocate. Oh, yes. So he could Talk be— Talk a little bit about that. And bilocation means you can be in two places at one time. Yeah. And, and, uh, and he jokes about it because they were talking about you know, having to fly— for six hours, and he's like, you're going to fly for six hours? And he said, it will only take me a few seconds to get there. <laughs> so he, he had a, somewhat of a sense of humor. But, yes. but um, the, the, the first time that he bilocated, bi- um, he went to a home uh, in Udine and uh, was visiting uh, a dying father in the birth of a, of a, of a young lady. And um, uh, our blessed mother told Padre Pio that he would become the spiritual father for this young girl. And, um, and that was his first... Um, by location uh, that, that took place for, for Padre Pio. So, yeah, we have one minute left. Isn't that awful? I mean, we thought we weren't going to have em- enough material for a, for a whole hour. And here, right. And here we are coming to the end. In, in general, what would somebody do if they've heard something here that sort of piques their interest? The... Uh, uh, what the your book is man of Padre Pio man of hope and that's by Ren, Renzo Alighieri Renzo Alighieri and my main one is uh, the life of Padre Pio by Gennaro Prezisu oh, well yeah. I can't say the, it anyway the, the other thing ewtn.org yes research Padre Pio and there's amazing information there about his wounds of bilocation etc I mean it's it's a great website and, and again just google if, if you're in need of a miracle. Absolutely. Padre Pio, is, is, he's it. He's, he's it. So we've got, what, uh, 45 seconds? 40 seconds? So what else would you like to say? We've got about 40 seconds left, and then we need to wrap it up and get out of here. Sure. Um, one, one of the uh, Padre Pio's famous saying was, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful, and he will hear your prayers. And he does. He does. Amen. And Padre Pio is just more than willing to help anybody who needs help who comes to him and asks to be a spiritual child. And that means that not only your child, you, but your children Absolutely. are there. So if you're in a dire straits, try Padre Pio if you haven't. If. Yes. And so we until next time we go uh, here and you back, I ask that you remember always when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up 